This film was cobbled together almost at random and deserves no praise. Still, today on Check Yourself, Marketa Lazarova. Welcome, everyone, to the final episode of Check Yourself, in which I discuss Marketa Lazarova. So let me back up. What I wanted to do with the podcast, a couple things. This is started during the pandemic, um, after everything started shutting down. No longer had a commute to work, which is great, and having some free time wanted to find a fun way to fill it. So that was part of it. Part of it was wanting to make sure that I I kept ingesting some sort of uh, cultural nutrition, in part because a lot of the things that I would normally do were not doable. A lot of the theaters, uh, local venues closed. You know, I remember really optimistically the opera saying that a production of Turandot would have to be pushed back three weeks until things got under control. And it was pushed back again. And now it's been pushed back well into 2021. So a lot of the stuff that I would get out and do and uh, and usually enjoy wasn't going to be doable. That was part of it too. I think the biggest part was the fact that I just missed talking about movies with friends. So you'll know, I think, I hope, that one of life's great joys is watching a movie with somebody, somebody you respect and like, and then just talking about that movie. Whether or not you even agree. Um, I don't think agreement's that important, and I don't think, you know, if I read a critic, I don't care that much whether or not that person agrees with me. It's more about how they think and what they, what they bring to the movie and what they get out of it. And there's just a great joy in, in being able to talk about the movies of somebody that you like. And that was something that not only was that not happening during the pandemic, um, that hadn't happened for me for a while, really, for a couple of reasons. One is I only see one movie a year that's new, maybe two movies a year, depending on the year. Um, but I'll have my, my one movie typically. So maybe it's Phantom Thread or maybe it's... Uh, the favorite once upon a time in Hollywood. Maybe some of those came out in the same year, but I am not somebody who keeps up very well with newer movies. I have my must sees, you know, I can't wait to see the French dispatch Wes Anderson's movie, but a lot of times the movies I want to see are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. And you know, life just gets busy. Like I said, I have a job. Um, I've got a family, I've got responsibilities and hobbies, and all those things are, are great, and I'm lucky to have them, but at the same time, there becomes, at a certain point, less time to fit more in, and so the idea of spending an evening with friends watching a movie just was something that was not really happening. So a great joy of this podcast has been the chance to sit down quote unquote with with matthew who's across the sea 
in sunny England or to talk to Susan, who is nearby, but we really haven't seen each other during the pandemic. Or Esther and Bob, who are, who are in the north, uh, holding down the whatever the hell it was, the wall against the Night King. You know, you've seen Game of Thrones. You've read the books. So in that sense, it was success or a success rather. I never had any illusions that there would be a large audience or maybe an audience at all in part because this is subject matters niche, but I think more because this is not something that I know how to do. It's a certain skill. You know, I, Christopher Hitchens once said that anybody who can talk well can write. And he said, as he says that his students get excited. Oh, I know how to talk. But then he asked them how many of your friends really genuinely could stand up in front of a crowd and hold their attention. How many people do you know who could speak for an hour and you'd be glad that they did so? And uh, I am certainly not one of those, those rare people. <laughs> so, you know, I hope that I've gotten better over time, but I know there's a, there's a stiffness and there's a formality and maybe just a boring aspect to my personality that makes it difficult to listen to me talk uh and also there were some audio issues and that that's a real roadblock even podcasts i love if for whatever reason the audio quality is lower on a certain episode it's a pain to listen to and uh so i was expecting or not expecting but i was asking listeners to come in not having heard the show before not having any relationship with me or me having built up any trust and then they were confronted with this audio, which sometimes was very much compromised. So if you were one of those listeners who, who struggled with the audio and struggled with me and stuck through it, you are a saint. And so thanks you, thank you for being here. Um, and it's good to tuck this in. It's good to come to the end. I wanted to leave on a high note, so I saved Marquetta Lazarova for last. So this is a film, 1967 Czechoslovakian film, um, based on a novel set in the Middle Ages. And it starts out with beautiful music, black and white, uh, great imagery, and this really sort of interesting prologue. So it says, this film was cobbled together almost at random and deserves no praise. What this does, of course, is to cut the critics off at the pass. So if you're a critic and you're watching it saying, gosh, this is almost random. This is not praiseworthy. The filmmaker could say, oh, I already knew that. You're not telling me anything I didn't know. These are mistakes that I knew that I was making. There's something a little disingenuous about that, maybe. It's not that rare. You look at everything from, say, Kevin Smith films, of which I'm not a great admirer, to Dave Eggers' memoir, which I love. Uh, both of those, both those aspects, or both those products, artworks, pieces of art, you know what I'm trying to say. They do that. They sort of cut the critics off at the pass, and so does this film. And to me, it's a bit um, of a weak move. Because you're saying to the, you're not willing to let the piece speak for itself. You're not willing to put it out there and say that this is something I have 
complete faith in and I am proud of it. And that's why it's in front of you. You're trying to have it both ways. And I think the film tries to have it both ways. So beloved French film, or, wow, beloved Czechoslovakian film. Uh, critics universally adored it. Did well with audiences. And it has the trappings of a great film, or at least an ambitious film. Again, black and white, really powerful, poetic imagery. And when I say poetic, I am reminded of Vladimir Nabokov, whose name I think I'm pronouncing correctly, believe it or not. Author of Lolita, Speak Memory, Ada, um, Men, all those. And he... He said that a writer should have the precision of a poet and the imagination of a scientist, or maybe that was vice versa. Or I'm sorry, not vice versa, but but reverse. And it's true, the great poets, you read T.S. Eliot, there is, there is a great deal of precision there. It's not the gauzy, hazy, sentimental thing that people think that poetry is, and that people who post poetry on Facebook um, misunderstand it to be. And this, this film, the images often do have that poetic, precise quality. And there's also a lot of imagination, too. So I was all geared up for a perfect film, which is not, I have to say, what I received. I ended up having to look to the Wikipedia page to get a plot summary, which is not something I normally do. But the film was difficult to follow. In some cases, things are difficult to follow because they are so subtle and so demanding of the audience. Uh, there are novels, the novel piece is one, in which you have to rise to the level of that novel and you have to read it multiple times to understand it. And that's great. Uh, there are other films or novels or pieces of art that do not do enough and are not rigorous enough and do not tell their story well. Again, this is based on a novel. It may be that the, part of the issue here is just my lack of education. I could certainly believe that um, and my lack of familiarity with a source novel. But a great movie should not require you to, to, have, to have read the book. A great movie should stand on its own. Otherwise, why make it? And it seems to me that this movie does not do enough to orient the viewer, to make the plot comprehensible, and to get the viewer to care about what he or she is seeing. Which is not to say that it is artlessly made. There are beautiful shots, again, um, and there are really striking moments. I love the scene in which this man is caught. He was a thief. He was caught about to be killed he's he prays he gets down on his knees in the snow this older man and prays and uh the film is silent at this point except for his prayer and we see a, a vision there is a sort of holy vision bright light he prays remember my daughter marquetta save her from evil for without me she will fall prey to evil worldly power beautiful singing vision of nuns cresting a hill um, there's a girl running, Marquetta, we know if we've seen her on the um, case or in the images uh, of a film that are online. She's carrying a bird. She exposes the breast. Um, 
now we see her dressed as a nun. She's taking holy orders. And there are birds flying from a church and the chanting of monks. So this is powerful. And because it's a holy vision, it doesn't need to be immediately comprehensible, right? Um, we understand that maybe this is showing us something about the future, which it, which it is. And we're willing to go with it. What we're not willing to go with, or at least what I was not willing to go with, was not being able to follow the rest of the action without reading up on it and not being able to care about the action too. There are these indulgent scenes. There's a scene in which uh, this woman is running nude in a field. And I don't really know why other than a lot of viewers like to see naked women, whether they're in a field, uh, in a train, on a plane, Dr. Seuss, right? In a car, in a bar. Um, but I don't know that the, the scene needs to be there. And while it's not exactly a leering, lascivious sort of scene, I think it's gratuitous in the sense that it was not necessary. So you see her sleeping with a guy. The snake approaches. Really powerful scene. The guy kills the snake with his knife. And what I suspect as a viewer is something is going on here related to Adam and Eve. But what? The symbolism in a film, to me, needs to be tied to the, the overall story. We already need to care about the characters and the people in the film. We cannot start with a symbolism and then try to care about the characters. That's the other way around. And again, plot is not everything. I get that. You know, Martin Scorsese said, if you watch a great film, well, if you watch a film and you remember the plot, it wasn't a great film because what you should remember are moments. And if that's the rubric or the, if that's the um, measurement, in some ways this film does measure up because there are memorable scenes. It's just that too much of the time is spent being frustrated or confused, uh, at least for me. And I have to confess something. I would only confess this to you, but I did not finish this film. So the very minimal thing that a critic or a podcast host at least can do is watch the movie. And I failed in this aspect. And if I did, I think it's only because the film failed me. So there you go. I have not made myself popular with anyone listening, if anyone is listening, um, because it is such a beloved and respected film. So if you disagree with me, please let me know. Email me at checkyourselffilms at gmail.com. There are two Fs, F like Frank in there. Oh, shit. Is it two? Yeah, it's two. Checkyourselffilms at gmail.com. No spaces, no dashes, no nothing. And yeah, tear me apart. Uh, let me know how I was wrong not to finish the film, how much better it got, how I was wrong not to stick with it. It's very possible I could watch this someday and be wrong or realize that I was wrong. I've been rereading Moby Dick. I'm not through it yet, but I'm amazed at how quickly the opening chapters read. And I know that there's a lot coming in terms of whale skulls and way more information about whales than I ever wanted to have. I've read it before and hated the book. 
and certainly am not hating it now. So opinions can change. But as of today, here's where we are. So I, uh, you know, as a kid, I loved movies. I think every kid does. I loved Raiders of the Lost Ark. I loved Back to the Future. I loved uh, E.T. It wasn't until I was 16 or, or 17, maybe 18, that I began to get into films and realize that they were in our form and not just entertainment. I had a friend, Adam, who um, was hit to a lot of the stuff before I was and who introduced me to Stanley Kubrick and Martin Scorsese, um, films like Clockwork Orange and uh, Blue Velvet and Taxi Driver. As I say that, I realize all three films have somewhat complicated relationships or portrayals of women. But anyway, um, and this is a whole new world. It showed me that films could be as artistic and as strange and as powerful as the books that I was reading at the same time and really made me fall in love with the medium. So again, I started this podcast not knowing much at all about Czech films. That was part of the the fun of it was going in blindly and seeing what it, what Czech films were and discovering, as you yourself know, of course, that there are a lot of great Czech movies. No surprise, right? Um, a lot of great Czech movies and a lot of Czech movies that were great that were made in roughly the same time period. So there's this burst, this, they call the Czech new wave, the way that they do with say the French new wave. And it does seem like a wave. It does seem like, um, although the films that I've seen are very different from one another, they share a certain energy and a certain seriousness, moral seriousness, maybe understandably knowing where Czechoslovakian was historically at the time. So, to recap, I started this podcast talking about the Fireman's Ball, which was this sweet, humane, well-made, funny movie. After which, Matthew and I talked about the fabulous Baron Munchausen. If you see any Czechoslovakian film, please see that one. Um, it's so charming and stylish and exciting and fun. It's just a blast. I love it. I love that movie. Valerie and Her Week of Wonders was next, which I did not love i may have liked less than my guest esther but i i i do have some um affection for it looking back maybe it's better than i thought at the time or maybe it isn't but there are certainly moments from that that stick out to me diamonds of the night which i discussed with bob was this wonderful almost silent film and uh moving and powerful daisies was this caffeinated fun kind of blast uh talked about with susan the cremator that was a film that i loved too i thought that that was a really um dark powerful really despairing bleak film um but just incredibly well made and artful talked about alice from matthew jan swankmeyer's stop motion Alice in Wonderland, which again was dark and took the film to, or took the story to a very dark place in some ways, but was also somehow appropriate for my four-year-old and seven-year-old. So explain that. Intimate lighting of all the films that I've watched. Um, this is probably the one that's least likely to stay with me. Although 
again, it had this charming moments. So I, I just don't think it's one for the ages. I do think the closely watched trains is though. Uh, that's a great character study. Great coming of age tale. And, and of course a, a tragic film. And tragic two is a shop on, on main street. So Marquette Lazarova, you were supposed to be the crown. You weren't at least for me. Uh, maybe I'm failing to notice the Holy grail because it's so, no, this is let's say because it's so humble and, you know, poor compared to the others, but this is not a humble film. This is a film that really demands to be taken seriously. And I wish it, it was worthy of it. Again, I don't quite have the right to say that because I didn't finish it. My podcast. So you can all go fuck yourselves. I mean, check yourselves. Thanks everybody. If you hear from me again, it will be because I have started another podcast. Been thinking about ideas. Um, I think if I were to start another one, I would want to make sure that it didn't have the same audio issues as previously. And I would hope that I've learned something in terms of looseness or liveliness. Hopefully that that I could that could carry on into the next podcast. One I thought about. Somebody suggested the idea of a podcast around George R. R. Martin's early work. So his short stories and novels, but stopping right before a game of Thrones was released, which I think could be cool. Um, I also really like the idea of doing a, a podcast on French films because there's such a wealth in them and they, they continue to be great. I would, if I did so you can find me again, the, the podcast would likely be called French letters, L E T T E R S. Um, blame my wife for that. She suggested the name. It's a term referring to prophylactics. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens and we'll see if you hear from me in the future, regardless of whether or not you do. If you're listening now, thank you so much. I know how busy you are. I know how boring I am. I know how boring podcasts are. Um, But Czech films are not boring, even when they're not perfect. Give them a shot. Thanks, guys. Check yourself.